You're listening to the Owner Build podcast, where each week, Paul Hemming from C-Link interviews experts on how small and medium-sized developers can level up their business through intelligent construction management. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Own the Build podcast with me, Paul Hemming. And back alongside me is my good friend, Liam Curley. How are you doing, Curls? I'm all right, thanks, Paul. You uh, you got rid of me again last week, didn't you? Well, you, went, you were away, so I had you, to... You told me it was off again. again. It turned out it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you, can, you can throw mud at me all you, all, all you like, mate, but it, it, it isn't going to stick. So today, today we're joined by a real innovator in the sector, Ian Humphreys, co-founder of Brickflow, the UK's first search engine for development finance. How are you, Ian? I'm good, thank you, Paul. And you? Yeah, all good, thanks, all good, thanks. So so, so come on then, Ian. Oh, Ian. So I... I know quite a bit about you and your business. I'm still learning more as we go, but uh, also for Liam, Liam's benefit and uh, obviously, of course, for the listeners, tell us about your background and uh, your business, Brickflow. It sounds all very exciting. Yeah, okay. So at Brickflow, we, we digitally connect lenders and borrowers. So we have a, a platform which lenders plug into the back end. They put their criteria into. Uh, borrowers on the front end put in their their search requirements and our software or, or our algorithm matches the two um so it discounts any lenders that aren't going to be able to lend to you um, on that project and then it indexes the remaining lenders according to who's going to lend you the most amount of money at the best price so that's simply how it works there's then one application process for every lender so there's not double handling of data there's no sort of you know, do multiple paper application forms. It's just one application process. And once the project's live on the platform, you know, top four or five lenders will be invited to to view the appraisal, the proposal, and submit their effectively their best bid. So it works really nicely. We're we're early stages. Um, so we're still, you know, we're past our beta phase, but we are still really learning, you know, about how, how to make it better. But we're live and, and we've got deals going through and, and we've had, you know, some some a lot of good feedback and successful completions and things like that. But in terms of background, I've been in financial services for, well, a long time now. Um, so, you know, probably 17, 18 years. And I'm also a property developer as well. Um, so I kind of, I've, I've seen it from both sides. You know, I know the pain points is in sort of the financial services space. Know how difficult it is in this market to navigate development finance. Um, there's a lot of options out there, and there's no easy way to compare them, which is kind of where Brickflow came from. Uh, and then, as a property developer, I knew for someone with my background and my experience, I still couldn't hand on heart say I had the best deal in the market, even though I know more than the most developers. So, I felt that it was time to innovate as you said and um, create something that that you know helps developers get access to the funding they need because it is it's the lifeblood of uh, of the market after all i mean it sounds it sounds great and there's lots lots to talk about but it sounds from just obviously from a perspective of uh, trying to set up a software business myself uh, one of the things that i was doing when i was a quantity surveyor 
was huge amounts of subcontract procurement. And although I thought I was doing it well and to the best of my ability and with all the tools that I had available to me, I often wondered, am I getting the best deal here? Even though I was trying to do everything I wanted to do. So that's kind of the inspiration in a totally different side of the sector as to why, why we set up ceiling as well. So that, that totally resonates with me. But try, trying to simplify your uh, your your business here. So uh, excuse excuse me that. But uh, money supermarket for development finance. I was, I promise you. I promise you, hand on heart. That's exactly what I was going to say. So is it like a so it's, it's like money supermarket for development finance? But then you have your three, four, five top matched criteria who then there's a there's a second stage yeah i mean i mean basically money supermarket is quite simplistic in that where i think the difference with the products that that you have on on sites like that is that you know price is often the one arbiter it's not there's not much else to it you know you might have some other criteria that's important to you but price for a lot of people is 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 kind of the main driver whereas i think with development finance there is a bit more to it you know the ease of working with that lender speed of transaction you know some lenders can can turn things around amazingly quickly um we've had lenders give us credit approved terms within four hours on, wow. on the platform yeah so head to terms in you know in, in two hours um so you know we we can get things done very quickly uh, but then you've got other lenders that are are you know a lot slower and and so there are other factors to consider, and what we tend to do is once all the, the the bids are back, is is kind of go back to the borrower and say, well, look, you know, what are your key requirements? You know, we, this is the price, this is the leverage, but you know, these are the sort of softer facts that you need to know about this lender. Your equity, for instance, like deposit size, most developers will borrow from an investor, or you know, won't all be their own money, and and every lender has a different approach to that. So, is having that, you know, that kind of informed decision making or that information to help make an informed decision. Ian, sorry, can I just ask a question as well? Mm. What kind of in the process of, of uh, starting Brickflow and, and as a developer, why was there that element of doubt that you might not be getting the best deal? Because there's a lot of lenders and every single lender has a different way of calculating development finance. So you know, if you if you say, let's say the the market's forty lenders. Now, if I go and if I take one project and go and ask those forty lenders to quote on it, not all of them might quote would quote on it necessarily. But let's say all forty of them did, then they would all give me a different loan amount and a and a different price point. And the amounts we're talking about are quite big in development finance, right? The kind of average loan size is about five million. So you know, across the market spread, you might have a lender that's that's only wants 10% deposit from you, another lender that wants 30% and everything in the middle. So if you're looking at a, a loan size of, of 5 million, then the 10% lender wants 500,000 from you, the other guy wants 1.5 million from you. And there's not loads of developers that have that, you know, that extra million pounds just available to to drop into a deal. So that's quite an extreme example. But to your point, Liam, if I'm talking about the difference between 50,000 and 100,000, that's probably more normal, but it's still quite a lot of money. And then if you think about you know, the difference in, in rates, so let's say I save 1% across my fees and my interest rate, uh, my setup fees, exit fee, and my interest rate on, the, on a development deal, again, on, on 5 million, that's 50,000 pounds. So it's small margins, perhaps, but it's a big bottom line to the developer and what 
people tend to do when they they sort of see the the platform is they start thinking bigger they gasp yeah well they gasp yeah they do we do get that and and we also get what this is a real like or people think it's kind of bit wizard of oz you know there's you know they're looking behind the curtain thinking there's just a guy there punching numbers in but i think what people do tend to start realizing is actually they can do a lot more with less we had a great example recently where a guy had just finished the development he's thinking of starting his new development heard about us had a conversation with us and um, we went through his last development on the platform and he'd put two million pounds deposit into this scheme and we ran the numbers through the platform and the and the deposit could have been seven hundred thousand, according to the platform and so he he was actually angry he was really angry because he said look you know i've tied up two million quid which is you know meant that i've passed on so many opportunities in the last two years so i didn't have any money in my pocket and i could be in my second third fourth scheme now and still have completed this one with the same amount of money so i think it does it's, a, it's an education piece for, for a lot of developers but it's an enabler a enablement tool that's that's what it's there for is you know people can run multiple sites they can run bigger sites on the same amount of cash that, that perhaps they if they try and source their own funding it's really interesting and uh, always trying to uh, get comparisons to how we work and what we're, we're, we're trying to do. And it, it's, it's again, it's not dissimilar to uh, pricing construction, right? So you've got all these different lenders who all have different risk profiles, who prefer different projects, who are at different life cycles in business development, also in different life cycles in a year, looking for different, they've got different business plans and so on. It's not dissimilar to pricing construction work you go up to five subcontractors they all have a different way of pricing it's all in a similar format but they all see risk and opportunities in a different way they're all at different points in their life cycles and what they're trying to achieve in that business year so it, it totally makes sense that it's just allowing people that information which otherwise would require so much legwork to go out and get i guess it's, it's really interesting i mean segueing onto um construction side of things and Liam and myself, well, especially Liam, the man, the man just absolutely loves it, uh, are big believers in uh, construction management. As you know, Ian, we've talked about this offline, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's what you get out of bed every day for, isn't it, Liam? So as, 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 yeah. as a viable way, really, for developers to get ahead of the competition, uh, reduce construction costs, etc. So we've talked about it a lot. Before on this podcast, Ian, I've talked to you about it separately. How can Brickflow or how can innovation in the sector generally help people to move towards and help uh, lenders adapt to people? There does seem to be more demand for construction management. As we've seen our business grow over the last uh, few years, it seems more and more developers want to do it for obvious reasons. So yeah. can, can Brickflow help people adapt? How can we give you more business? Well, that, well you can do that if you want, if you want to, Ian. Yeah, that's... that's uh, no, I, 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 no, I totally take the point. And I think, I think basically with lenders, you know, there is, I mean, to your point, you know, every, every lender treats things differently. So if I, if I have a scheme in the Southeast and it's 10 units, you know, it's a residential scheme. If I put that into the platform and I'll have, you know, 10 lenders quote in a certain order, if I then pick that up and take it to Northwest, that order will completely change. If I double the loan size, that order will change again. So I guess the point is, is and to your point with the with the contractors, 
is, you know, everyone does have their own niche. Everyone does their, have their own appetite, both from a risk perspective, but also, you know, if a lender's particularly busy, you know, what might have been a slam dunk six months ago is is now perhaps no longer because they're sort of inundated with other business. So there is sort of uh, definitely uh, changing appetites, which, which the uh, platform can accommodate. But to your point about construction management, some lenders will be okay with it. Other lenders are, are not so good. And a lot of it comes down to the experience of, of the person applying for the funding and if they're managing their own. So, uh, I mean, internally, we call it self-builder. Then we don't mean self-builder in the guy that's building his own house. We mean someone that is managing the construction, the procurement process themselves. So, you know, whenever you get a self-builder, our first question will always be, have you done it before? And, you know, if they haven't done it before, then the number of lenders will dwindle. But if they've done it before as an employee, so if they've been a construction manager as an employee, but they're coming into development for the first time as a first-time developer, then absolutely people will look at them or take them more seriously because it's their day job. You know, they've got the experience, they've got the know-how. So it certainly can be more challenging, but I think with like with all of these things, it's similar to first-time developers. If you've got the right team around you, then lenders will support you. And if you can show that, you know, perhaps you're de-risking in other areas, and I think what I really like about your platform is the fact that, and lenders, I believe, would like the same, is is that there's so much transparency there. There's just a lot of information. A lot of it is just laziness on the lender's part of like, I don't want to have to look up all these different sub-trades to, to understand what my risk is. I just want to look at one main contractor. I want to look at their turnover for last year and on that and say, well, yeah, they look like they're a pretty solid outfit. We'll back them. And it's a, you know, it's a D&B contract. You know, we're, we're okay. It definitely chimes with a lot of what I hear from developers the week that we work with. That that is just kind of like the stop phrase, like oh, let's have that. Just it's easier. There's so it's just one person. That's only one person that needs to replace if there's an issue that comes up. Let's just go with the main contractor. But it's it, it's interesting that so in the same way that you said lenders will look at someone as a self builder, as you put it, and say, "Have you ever done it before?" And they'll say, "No," but I. I am a construction manager. I've done it all my life. I've done 20 years. I've done this project, this project, and this project. That would put them back in the conversation. Would it also work that you have, I, I, I'm the developer, I'm a self-builder, but I've always been in finance, but I'm going to employ a project manager who is going to who has done this project, this project, and this project, and they are going to be perfectly suited. Is that something that will open the door again to a lot of options lending wise absolutely yeah it's it's about where the weaknesses are where the gaps are is is filling those gaps for lenders it's giving them that you know they want to lend but it's about you know there is a kind of you know internal process system that they're following and you know if you don't and it's not you know development finance isn't like residential mortgages in that you know it's very much tick box there there is a lot more subjective than that but Ultimately, they will look at, you know, has this person, is this person used to uh, managing this many trades? If they're not, then can they get somebody in that is? And if better still, if that person can have some kind of performance incentive within their contract to, again, you know, give the lender comfort that they're going to be there for the for the duration, then that really does de-risk further and, and, and lenders are, are happier to see that.
wanted to take a quick break from the show to share a message from our sponsor, C-Link. C-Link is software designed to streamline the process of subcontract procurement. It's a platform that helps SME developers and main contractors stay agile whilst replicating the commercial scale and savvy of large contractors. If you want to save a guaranteed minimum 5% against budget construction costs on your next project, head to www.get.c-link.com slash podcast to find out more. If you're driving or working out right now and didn't catch that URL, don't sweat it. We've included the link in the description box for this episode. Now, let's get back to the show. So you, you were saying then that I'm a self-built developer, or I want to be. I haven't got the skills to self-build myself, or so the lender will think. So I'm going to employ a project manager. What you're saying is incentivize that project manager to stay, and that will be even more attractive to the lender. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, so we see this perhaps more in the realms of where someone doesn't have the experience um, so a first-time developer or novice developer. So as you'll probably know in the, in the industry, the kind of the, the standard is three developments. That's what most lenders want to see before they're, you know, they're confident you kind of know what you're doing and they're, and they're back you. Now, we've got 26 lenders on the platform. Around half of them will lend to first-time developers. But if you go back five years ago, there's probably no one that would have done it. And what they what they'll say is, okay, we'll we'll lend to you if you're a first time developer if you've got the right team around you. And and this is kind of a similar point, is that you know if you if you're a self builder, we will lend to you if you've got the right team around you. So we would we would always say to someone, you know, bring in, you know, sub in the experience that you don't have yourself. So if you bring in a project manager or construction manager into the team. You know, if they're an investor as well, so if they're putting equity into the deal, amazing, they become a partner. But if there's no equity and it is just like, um, you know, some kind of incentive, what we sometimes see is, you know, the PM or CM reducing their their normal monthly rate and almost taking a, a lower piece through the deal so that then they've got a bigger potential profit. So it's a kind oh, of deferred payment. Yeah. Uh, but then that's sort of converting into equity as well. So lenders love that because then you're strategically aligned. And, and that's really what lenders want is everyone to be strategically aligned. Everyone wants the same outcome. Everyone wants the project to be delivered on time and on budget. Lender wants to get repaid. And, you know, the more people that are, are aligned to to do that, you know, the happier the lender is. Ian, um you you said that in the past so now you've got about half your lenders i think you said half would lend to a first yeah, time roughly, i would say yeah 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 um which has changed in the last five years where it would have been probably none so what what has changed there that would that's made them change their look outlook good question um it, chi- think- it, chi- it chimes exactly with uh c link starting as a business so maybe there's maybe there's something there guys oh <laughs> is that something to do with us was it yeah <laughs> i doubt uh, it but changed it. seismic change in the market when you guys launched um i think uh firstly uh there's there's more competition um so there's lender competition so i think um 
But I think also there's there's a lot more information in the world in terms of um, you know people can get hold of uh, things they can teach themselves things more perhaps than they, they used to. And the pandemic's a great example of that. You know, we we see people that take you know these construction courses, these online you know, and I'm, I I don't profess to know which ones are good and which ones aren't, but you know some of them are run by well-known sort of construction industry, development industry people. And you'd like to think that somebody taking one of those kind of courses would probably learn something. As we've just touched on there is, let's say I'm coming to development for the first time and I have, like one of the types of people that we tend to see a lot is people perhaps who've worked in the city who want to come into property development. And you tend to find these people have, you know, good balance sheet, they come into it from a position of financial strength, which, again, de-risks the lender because, OK, you don't have the construction experience, but you have the balance sheet to, to sort it out if something goes wrong. But where these guys are really good is, is a lot of them, part of their job is managing risk, right? So which is what construction is, right? It's what development is. You know, so you've got someone that perhaps has worked on a trading floor for most of their life or, you know, being uh, responsible for you know, however many hundreds of millions of investments. Now, that that generally is someone that is a, a good researcher, um, is used to managing risk, is used to working in a fast-paced environment, dealing with multiple people, multiple stakeholders. Now, that, that person has the good ingredients to become a property developer. So if you can then plug in a good PM or like a, a really good contractor, you know, that's doubling as a PM as well into that team, but there's no reason why that shouldn't succeed. And like with regards to, because, uh, you know, I don't know a great deal about uh, the different lender profiles. Would that, but I'm guessing there are different types of lenders from different backgrounds, different types of businesses. Uh, would there be a particular type of lender profile that is more inclined to A, lend to first time developers and B, be more open to a construction management procurement route? Yeah, I, I mean, I think generally the banks are, are probably going to be less likely to support either of those because they have different rules to adhere to in terms of capital adequacy and, and, and risk. So for them, you know, it needs to be, you know, kind of straight down the fairway kind of deal for for, for them to, to be okay with it. You know, you, start, you sometimes see three times bill cost to to turnover as a as a sort of often quoted figure um so if it's a six million bill contract the lender wants to see turnover the contractor to be 18 in their last year so you know that that there tends to be less deviation from that standard but i think um funds fund-based lenders the more entrepreneurial lenders where you can you know deal directly with a decision maker I think there is um, there's a lot more scope to work with that kind of lender. So, you know, and I think also as well, if you've got people that actually understand development, have development experience themselves, or or have just been in the industry a long time, I think they they kind of get their heads around around it a lot more. That actually, you know, the PM and the the contractor. And it's interesting again that the, the platform split kind of fifty fifty on this. We we asked them what's most important when. The developer doesn't have the requisite experience. Is it the contractor? Is it the PM? 
And literally, it's fifty-fifty split. Some will always sign with contracts, and some will always sign with really. Yeah, so it's, that's, it's that's yeah, it's, we collect all this software information now. So it is really interesting to to see how each lender thinks. But the reason lenders are more open to it now is is because I think, you know, they they recognise that actually when you break it down to into into processes like most things are these days, right? You know, everything's compartmentalized and, you know, we have assembly lines and all of that. You know, really construction is is that, you know, if you have the right team and you've got someone with um, skills to, to pull it all together, then, then that, that product should be delivered. It's, it's, it's really nice to hear that actually, because from being from a construct, construction background, it um, doesn't matter who the contractor is, it doesn't matter who the subcontractor is in many ways, whoever you're engaging with, Really, it is the project management project manager or the the project lead, let's call them, who is the person who actually drives that project in a certain direction. So we've been talking for ages about how uh, effectively uh, principal contractors are businesses that they're, they're people businesses effectively, and it depends which project manager you get on a certain project as to how that project is going to go to some extent. So that's really really interesting that you're saying fifty percent of the lenders. Uh, actually more switched on to the, gravitate more towards to yeah. the, the project manager rather than the main track. It's heartwarming for me. That is, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's everything I've wanted to hear in my life. Music to your <laughs> ears, yeah. isn't it? It is, no, but that, I mean, that's you, you, you talk about lenders having a grasp on the realities of construction. That, to me, sounds like there is a change in mentality which is much more focused on the individuals on the project and the team, as opposed to I need a design and build contractor, go get me three. That's all I'm interested in. Because it's you, you're effectively getting similar problems if you don't get the right people on that project. So that's really interesting. Well, I think we, we've talked about it before. And, and you know, part of it is is um, this evolution is driven partly because of the heat in the market for land at the moment. You know, prices are being driven up and it, it, it can be more difficult for that traditional arm's length third party contractor deal to to actually make money you know you if you if your land price is a bit up then you need to reduce your construction costs to make that deal work so you know that's plays to to you to you guys and and to developers that are considering the kind of self-build route because you know i think you'll see a lot more of it and and lenders will have to adapt to to be able to um, accommodate that within their models to to continue to be able to lend i think and so, and so we've talked about trying to align that as a self-builder, trying to align your team a little bit more strategically with your longer-term vision, if you can do that, if you can give them a bonus at the end, or if you can bring them on with some kind of share of the project, share of the profit, then that's going to be really appealing to certain lenders. Is there any other ways that property developers can innovate or do something that just makes them stand out at the outset to lenders and to development finance generally? Um, I think the best thing is is being organised, you know, and being professional. That that that's probably, you know, what a lot of what we're trying to do is is show to people that actually, I mean, the way that we get people to build project appraisals on our platform is the way that lenders want to see it. You know, this is time we've spent with lenders saying, you know, what information do you need? How do you want to see it to be able to make a you know a quick. Um, but reliable decision in terms of credit approval. So, you know, gone are the days where you can just email a, a spreadsheet to the bank, which, you know, some of the cells don't work and, 
know the summing's incorrect and it sounds so what, archaic doesn't it yeah what can i get you know the, the, the lenders uh, you know and, and and this is this is a really good example one of one of the biggest lenders on the platform was saying to us that when they get a, an, a, a sort of presentation from us an application from us they can go through it in about 45 minutes and at the end of it they can say yes or no um, and they can offer their terms okay a developer let's say sends a spreadsheet and then on another email there's the planning approval then on another email there's something else then there's a sentence on each of the emails that will take them they say you know perhaps two days to get through all the information understand then realize what's missing then there's two weeks back and forth thing of you know the, we haven't got this can you answer this question etc and then at the end of it it's a no and you know for a lender like you know how demoralizing is that is that you spend that amount of time trying to get comfortable with a deal and then at the end of the day it's a no anyway so for any developer, whether you're using our platform or whether you're you're going to, you know, sourcing your own funding through other channel, just be organized. And I think the biggest thing I would say is, you know, make make sure you've thought of the different risks. What happens if your contractor goes bust? What happens if there's macro events outside of your control? How, how do you exit? Could you rent? Okay, if you could rent, can you raise a mortgage big enough to to cover the development finance? Now, these are the kind of things that lenders think about. So you need to put a lender's hat on. So to, think, so to have a risk register kind of thing early on, are, are you, is that something that they'd want to see or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah, we see all, we see all sorts, but like whatever, you know, some kind of sensitivity analysis um, on bill costs and, um, and GDV is always welcomed. You know, they want to see that you thought about these things and that you have a contingency, you have a plan B, because we all know in construction things go wrong. And, you know, no one wants it to, no one plans it to go wrong, but it's about the people that have thought about it. And hopefully it never happens, but they're the people lenders want to back ultimately. So, you know, you've got someone perhaps who's from a building background um, who, you know, sort of fires over their spreadsheet and, you know, hasn't really thought about the exit or anything like that. Then you've got somebody else, perhaps isn't from a building background, but has, you know, a, uh, a, a much more sort of, yeah, analytical, risk-sensitive approach to it. You know, you could argue that the lender might 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 want to back that person rather than and with with a good contractor rather than take on somebody that only really is interested in the build. And you know, once they finish it they just instruct the guy that sold them the piece of land and they won't think about the finish or who their target market is or whatever. They just throw it up and, and, and hope that it sells. No, that, um, that, you know, that, that makes sense. Um, I mean, it's what I, I'd always love speaking to people who are from uh, different sectors than me. I've come, that, there's a new term there, a sensitivity analysis. I'm going to get Liam to do a sensitivity analysis on the way he speaks to me because I th I, th I very much feel like I need I need a sensitivity analysis the way Liam speaks to me sometimes. So that's that's well, great. I, so think, I, think, I, think, I think you're too sensitive. You <laughs> um, so this has been a really good conversation in and aside from the fact that obviously Brickflow sounds like an amazing platform to use and people should go check it out. It's it, the um, takeaway that I'm kind of getting from this is obviously we've talked before about organization doing managing the risk and expressing expressing that in your overall appraisal to to lenders but also a really interesting point about the fact that 50% of lenders at, on your platform at least are looking at project management team as much as they are looking at main contractors and as a way to stand out from the crowd it is 
incentivizing that strategic link with your project management team, getting them bought into the project long term will further reduce that risk profile for lenders. So that's, uh, that's really interesting. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Ian. Yeah, I very yeah. much enjoyed that. Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure to be here. We're going to have, obviously, we'll have Brickflow, the website domain in the notes so people can click through. But yeah, it seems like a no brain to me. If I were a developer, I'd definitely check it out. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, <laughs> You're happy um, with that, Ian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. One convert, one convert. On the, if yeah. I can convert oh, yeah. one a day, then, uh, you know, in a few years, I'll be doing all right. But no, that's cool, guys. Thank you. I'm sure. I'm sure we could have done a lot more. I'm sure there is, and perhaps perhaps we do cover more in in the future. Let 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 let's see how that goes. And uh, thank you very much for coming on, uh, Ian. And uh, yeah, definitely. Charles. What we can do is once uh, once you once we've done that kind of lender round, you know, of getting the information back from lenders, we could maybe even do a a follow up or part two, and and sort of just give you a bit of feedback on how lenders are thinking because that'd be really that'd be really useful to get that kind of feedback on the questionnaire we've put together okay excellent no it sounds sounds like a really good idea well look thanks for uh, coming along in and i will speak to you soon and uh curls i will see you next week mate see you next week paul thanks Ian. cheers guys cheers guys bye see you later awesome. bye